Get the little ones, sit back, relax, and listen to the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audiences. Chapter 24 The pneumatic tube opened with a hiss six hours later, and Kit Baxter stepped into the lair, not knowing quite what to expect. There were pages from every newspaper in town scattered around the tube bay, as if he had paced back and forth while reading, discarding each section as he finished with it. Kit bit her lower lip a little. If he had brought the papers down here, it was to analyze them and think, without the servants bothering him. She couldn't help but wonder if he would have included her in that number. For the moment she regretted not calling in first, but then she heard a rhythmic thumping sound coming from down the hall, and smiled in spite of herself. He wasn't in the crime lab, he was in their gym, which meant he was trying to work something out that was just eluding him, which almost always meant he'd rather think out loud. She opened the door to the training room quietly and saw him on the far side of the hall, focused entirely on the speed bag hanging from above. His fists worked in perfect time, first the left, then half a dozen punches later the right, then a flurry of alternating blows. He was in trousers and an undershirt and looked as if he had been working for quite some time. Kit watched him for a few moments quietly. She liked to watch him at the speed bag. It was the one piece of equipment that she was clearly better at using than he was, and she was sure it drove him a little crazy. She had tried to point out that a boxer's daughter ought to pick up a few things, but he hadn't said a word. He kept up his pace for another minute or so, and finally his fists seemed to trip over one another, and he stopped with a final swipe at the bag. For a moment, the only sound Kit heard was her boss breathing hard. "'You have notes?' he said matter-of-factly, without looking up. "'You know what my dad used to say was the trick with the speed bag?' she said quietly. His silence suggested that he didn't. She continued, You have to want to hit it again more than you want to hit it hard. There was a short silence. Why can't I do both? he asked. You can, she said, but it looks like that. Very nice, he said, playing with the tape on his hands slightly. Do you want to hold the heavy bag for me a minute? She pursed her lips a little. You want to spar, she said with an involuntary waggle of her eyebrows. With you? Who else? No, thank you, he laughed. What does that mean, she said, taking offense in spite of herself. Means I've been down here for hours and you're fresh, he said seriously. As a daisy, she smiled. You worried I'll clean your clock? Not worried, he said. Dead certain. Come hold the heavy bag. They moved to the opposite wall, and she braced herself against the bag. He landed a pair of solid rights that might have impressed most training partners. Kit had held down this spot too many times. The Red Panda knew more about fighting than most ten men, even if each of those men was a martial arts master. But he was just hitting, throwing hard, wild punches into the heavy bag. His mind was somewhere else entirely. "'I'm sorry about Richard Granville,' she said at last. The punching stopped. He ran his hand over his brow. "'Did you know him well?' she asked. "'I used to,' came the reply. He began to pull the tape off his hands. "'Do they think he might recover?' she said quietly. "'No,' he said. "'They're just waiting.' 
Oh, boss, that's terrible. It is, he said. And that's what's bothering me. I don't understand. If I've learned one thing from the last few years, Kit, it's that when something is terrible for one person, it is generally excellent news for someone else. His brow furrowed. The question is, who? But, boss, Richard Granville ran his car into a tree. It was an accident. Richard Granville owns a dozen cars, Kit. He doesn't drive them. Not himself. Not on a country road far from help in the middle of the night. You think it was a setup? Why wouldn't... If somebody wanted him dead, why wouldn't they just shoot him? Or, I don't know, anything else? Kit came around from behind the heavy bag and crossed her arms. I wondered that, he nodded slowly as if he were still in the process of wondering. What if you had only recently burned Martin Davies' home to the ground to cover the theft of the wealth in that building? You wouldn't be so reckless as to strike at another wealthy young man so quickly, would you? I might, she nodded. If I could make it look like a completely different kind of accident, but I'd make darn sure the accident did the trick. And so you would. Davies' home was destroyed and it will be very hard to prove that anything was removed. Much of Granville's fortune is in bonds. If he had died in the accident, the executor of his estate would immediately have noticed those bonds were missing. His eyes narrowed. But if Richard Granville holds on for weeks, or even longer... It might give somebody time to strike again, Kit agreed. But wouldn't this all be pretty tough to arrange? It was chancy at best, he nodded, but the police still don't know who called for the ambulance. There was no one around for miles. Richard would have died for certain without that intervention. Kit whistled. If you're right about this, we're dealing with one very cool customer. Indeed, he said, reaching for a towel. What if it's all the same cool customer? All what? she said, her brow furrowed. You mean the Empire Bank job, too? And making a solid attempt at blowing you and I to kingdom come? Yes, that's more or less the idea. She placed her hands on her hips. You got anything to go on here? Just the usual, he smiled a little. Getting by on looks again, she said, shaking her head. He obliged with a slight crimson flush about the cheeks. She was satisfied and picked up the thread. So it plays like this. Our boy pulls the deposit boxes at the bank. That's probably a little startup change. But he leaves eight guards with the same memory, and he booby-traps their brains in case you get a hold of them. Right, Fenwick nodded. Then he finds my radio tracker in with the loot, recognizes it for what it is, and arranges the explosion at the warehouse to get rid of us immediately. So he's teasing us and trying to kill us dead both in the same night, Kit said gravely. Someone has problems. Fenwick nodded. And believing us to be out of the picture, he begins to loot the city's richest families, killing ruthlessly as he does so. Kit shook her head. It ain't bad. But how does what happened to Gregor relate? We won't know for certain until he wakes up, came the reply. But he was on the trail of the fence from the Empire Bank caper, which would be enough to get him beaten and roasted all on its own, she said. We aren't even sure that Davy's fire and Granville's accident are anything other than they look to be, much less related. You got anything to go on? Two things, he said. One, a man at my club, Wallace Blake. He was profoundly uncomfortable when Davy's connection to a certain Oriental visitor was mentioned. He couldn't leave quickly enough. This would be the mysterious Ajay Shah, Kit said. It would. Then maybe we should turn Wallace Blake upside down and see what drops out of his pockets, Kit suggested helpfully. 
That would be difficult, he said grimly. Blake hung himself last night. Boss? It was buried in the papers, and they didn't come right out and say it, but I know my journalistic euphemisms. It happened. Was Blake rich, too? The Red Panda shook his head. The money was long gone. No one was supposed to know. Then what's the connection? she asked. I don't know, he admitted. But Wallace Blake was too much of a coward to commit suicide, and I'm aware of the irony. Suicide may be the death of a coward, but it requires at least a single moment of iron resolve. And you don't think Blake had it in him? The Red Panda shook his head. Kit thought for a moment. What's the other thing? What other thing? You said there were two... Ah, yes, he said, catching up. Yes. The other thing. Well, she said, her head cocked to one side. He gave her a crooked half-smile. The inescapable feeling that I'm looking right at the answer and just can't see it.